Hello and welcome to another episode of the Book Baby Spotlight, your home for interviews with authors, illustrators, editors, and other industry insiders from the world of self-publishing. I'm your host, Sam Saddam, joined as always by my co-hosting colleague, Jasmine Gale. Jasmine, how are you? I'm good, Sam. How are you? Great. Business is humming along. The print shop is running well. Orders are leaving on time and we are only going to get busier from here. So be sure to get your orders in now for the holidays, everybody. The earlier you get your order in, the better. That time of year already, huh? Yeah, we're three quarters of the way through 2022 and heading into the busy fall season. So for that, we thought we'd have two guests this month. We got Kelly Peterson, the Director of Digital Strategy at IPG, and Jackie Lappin, the founder of Speakertunity. Yeah, these were great chats. Should we do a little bit of background on IPG before we dive into that one? So IPG stands for Independent Publishers Group. They're one of our distribution partners. Uh, essentially, they're responsible for getting our print books out to the specific retail outlets that they partner with. Book Baby has been partnered with them since 2015. I even got to go visit their facilities in Chicago back in 2017 or so for their conference. Oh, cool. How was that? Interesting. It was my first trade show and also the first time I got to meet some of the people I'd emailed thousands of times, including Kelly. Uh, I learned a lot about the other companies in the publishing space and did some networking, kind of helped me uh, understand the broader scope and put Book Baby in context here. You know, this is the only publishing company I've ever worked for. Same goes for me. And I feel like anyone who has a deep love for books should take an interest in the publishing industry. There's just so many ways to get involved, you know. Yeah, and the trade shows are a big part of that. And I think we're all pretty glad that they're back. Uh, I know some of our sales staff has been out there and most recently at the Latin American Book Fair here in Philly earlier this week. And I think for next year, we're shooting to be at about six to eight events. So definitely stay tuned. I've been to Comic-Con a few times in the past. Maybe we should put up a book baby stand for comic artists. We will have to talk to that with the higher ups, but Kelly certainly made it sound cool. We recorded this a couple months ago, so please forgive the timeliness on it. Let's get into it. All right. Joining us next is Kelly Peterson. She's the Director of Digital Strategy at Independent Publishers Group, or IPG, one of the backstage vendors that helps make Book Baby's print-on-demand system work. She also recently completed a term on the board of IBPA, the Independent Book Publishers Association. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. I appreciate it. We were a little bit jealous. We heard that you were down at Comic-Con in San Diego. How was it? It was amazing. It was my first time. So I tried not to look all starstruck, but I really had fun. Were you there as a rep for IPG? I was. I got to meet with some of our comic book publishers like Tokyo Pop and Image and Boom Studios. Some of my favorites, I, I uh, passed Keanu Reeves in the hall. He does a comic for Boom, which was exciting. You know, I did. I managed not to reach out and touch him like a fool, but you know, <laughs> it was close. Did you see the new Black Panther sequel previews? I hear that's the big story. I haven't yet. I, I didn't actually get to watch any programming because you have to sit in line for hours and hours. And I was there for work, so I did, thought they'd frown on that if I, you know, just disappeared for hours sitting in a hall somewhere. <laughs> but um, but I am planning on listening to it all. One of the nice things about Comic-Con nowadays is everybody films all the panels. So you can just listen to them while you're working on spreadsheets. It's the best. Very cool. So. Yeah. My my big one that I the big trailer that I'm excited about is the Dungeons and Dragons movie. That I cannot wait to see. And the trailer was amazing. Yeah, I also cannot wait. So I was on the board of directors for the Independent Book Publishers Association, which is really designed to help publishers of all sizes find the tools for success. So 
It has a very clear mission and vision and strategy, which you can find on the on their website. I was really proud to be able to serve in a bunch of different capacities. So I chaired the member benefits committee when I started there. So helping uh, find different ways that people who are part of IBPA can save money from things like discount on their ISBNs, for example, which is one of the more popular discounts that they give. It's 15% right now off your ISBNs if you are listening to this and need some. But also things like, you know, discounts on marketing services and discounts on, if you're a larger publisher, being able to get discounts on Metacomet, which is a royalty tracking service. Um, We even have discounts on QuickBooks, you know, things that you might be using in your daily life. But I also served on the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Task Force when IBPA was really trying to get their arms around expansion of our services. We wanted to make sure that we that our membership actually reflected the the makeup of the United States. Like why do we not have the same makeup of our membership as we do um, uh, publishers in the United States and and members in the United States? Because some people are excluded from publishing as a whole and we're being systemically excluded from publishing as a whole. And how do we make that different? So I got to sit on that task force and I was really honored to be a part of it. And it led to creating a diversity, equity and inclusion committee, which I am now sitting on now that I'm no longer on the board. That sounds great. I'm curious how the diversity uh, at IBPA compares to the big five or the big four. You always hear see these articles about uh, diversity in publishing. Is that a problem also with IBPA? It So one of the things that I did when I first started on the board was that we added some diversity, equity, and inclusion questions to our member benefits survey which isn't of course taken by every member although we you know we do try and get as big a sampling as possible and we compared it against the census and we compared it against the lee and low survey the lee and low survey is the best bellwether we have in the industry i can't compare it against the big five because we don't know how the big five breaks out against lee and low but i could say ibpa does better than lee and low but not that much better but it has done better every year since I was with IBPA. So IBPA is doing better and better and better every year, which is great news for IBPA and great news for publishing. Like it's a great, it's a, it shows that the steps that IBPA is taking for inclusion are working. And I think that's, you know, those sustainable steps that they've taken under the board and under CEO Angela Bowl have really made a difference. So I'm curious then, uh, do you see it as sort of inherent to independent publishing that you're going to have more diversity than these traditional publishers? Uh, absolutely. I think it's something that we definitely see at IPG as well. You know, there's, um, I think that the, the inherent difference between um, what independent publishing sees and what you see at the big five is that no matter what at the big five the companies are largely owned and run by white people and what you see in independent publishing is the companies are often owned and run by people of color so they the business being owned by a person of color is automatically going to mean that you're going to have more authors that are people of color that stay with that publishing house 
that continue to grow within that publishing house and representing a lot of publishing houses that um, are owned and operated by Black, Indigenous, people of color really makes a difference by Latino or Latina people makes a difference, I think, in longevity of diverse publishing. So it's not a matter of, you know, we have a surge and then a receding of content like you see at the Big Five, you know, the Big Five may bring in a bunch of authors and then it stops selling and then they don't continue that line of publishing. For us, it's about the publishers that we have and the content they're producing. And if those publishers that we sign are people who are, you know, BIPOC publishers and Latinx publishers, and you do find that that content continues to sustain past any trend um, and into a, a really inclusive future of publishing. And and that's what I, I want to see. I want to see a publishing future that is a, a, a rich, inclusive future. Yeah, no, I think that is um, a beautiful goal to have. And I'm listening and I'm curious, how does someone um, outside or just listening become more involved with IBPA? Well, the, the easiest way to become involved with IBPA is to join. Because once you join, you start getting recruited for everything. I, that's what my experience has been. <laughs> You know, there are all sorts of committees and opportunities to join those committees. And I think that most people who join a committee um, are going to get recruited for the board. If you haven't even joined, I would say come to a pub U. Uh, IBPA Publishing University is an amazing experience. It's got lots of educational sessions. I learned something new. I've been in publishing for over 25 years. I learned something new every time I go. You know, because there's always somebody doing something differently than you do. And there's always a new way to learn, you know, something new that, let's say, um, an author publisher is doing that a bigger publisher isn't. But you might learn something new from that author publisher or an author publisher can learn from a bigger publisher because they've had more books to try, you know. And PubU is a great opportunity for people to to learn from different segments of the book publishing world. It's also a great place to get, you know, mentorship opportunities so that you learn from people of different sizes and types of books um, that you wouldn't normally be exposed to. So um, when you do that, you join IBPA automatically um, and you start getting the newsletters, you start, you know, seeing all the opportunities that exist there. And before you know it, you're on a committee and you're on the board. That's that's how that's how it happens. All right. So raising your hand is the first step. Sounds like hundred uh, percent. And so I know you're also involved in another trade group, uh, Bay Area Women in Publishing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that group? What that uh, the goal is there? Yeah. So Bay Area Women in Publishing has been around for about ten years now. It is. I'm one of the founders of the organization, actually. Really proud of that. Is that it's a great inclusive mix of women and non-binary folk um, in the Bay Area, and we are we're really designed as a mentoring organization primarily. Uh, started out with uh, women who and and non-binary folk who have just been smacking up against the glass ceiling for a long time, um, and and you know what we found in and what people know 
about the publishing industry is that it's more than 70% of the people who work in it are women. And almost all the people who run it are men. And that is a fact of publishing that is kind of inescapable, um, which shows you that somewhere around the middle, um, women just drop out of leadership. And and so what we've decided to do is we've created all kinds of opportunities in Bay Whip to kind of reach above that mark. Um, we've created a mentorship group so we, people can volunteer for, as mentors and mentees. We're doing signups now for that and they can be virtual. You don't have to live in the Bay Area to participate in the mentorship program, either as a mentor or a mentee. We do webinars as part of our educational group. Um, we also do educational in-person uh, events as well. We have membership opportunities. Membership is very inexpensive. We've done that on purpose. It's $25 a year to join. And you can access all of our webinars online after that if you want. And our job postings, which are available online as well. So there's lots of great access as, as part of being Bay Area Women in Publishing. And there is also a scholarship opportunity that is about to go online. We have um, the Robin Seaman Memorial Fund. She is one of the other founders who has since passed away and her family has left a grant opportunity to help women who can't afford to follow professional conferences, go to professional conferences or professional development. They have left a, a grant so that we can support young women who need to be able to pursue opportunities uh, in Robin's name. So. Well, that's great. Those events can be expensive if the company's not picking up the tab. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, so that's something that we have been working on for the last year is setting up that 401c3 so that we can uh, support young women in their dreams of becoming professionals in publishing. It's very cool. Sounds like you guys are doing a lot of great work there. And we're uh, proud of a lot of what we've done. One of the things that we have done is made sure that, you know, more than half of our speakers, for example, have been women of color ever since the organization has begun in the last 10 years. So this is not a short-term commitment. It's a, it's definitely a long-term one. I love all of that. And that's super exciting. We talked a lot on this podcast about trends and publishing, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Are there any trends you think that are here to stay? Well, I, I mean, I have been in the ebook space for the last oh, 15 years, <laughs> really, since the first e-reader came out. I, I I obviously think it's it like the paperback format is not going away. Um, I think that I think that people uh, underestimate how much time uh, we're losing to things like video games. Um, that there's a lot of competition for eyeballs for for readers, and I I think that. Things that are cross media are going to continue to demand attention from readers. So we need to be smart about how we uh, intercept readers. And I think video games are probably the biggest driver away from books that we have, the biggest disintermediator that we have. Um, and we should be careful and we should be cognizant of that. And uh, I think Kindle Unlimited is, is, um, really affecting the way people purchase books and how much money they're willing to spend on books. And I'm, I have some concerns about that too. People are spending $9.95 a month for their books when they're in Kindle Unlimited and, and they set $9.95 a month as your upper threshold for what you'll spend for books is a very small number in comparison to what people used to spend. 
for books. I think um, that's that's a, a little amount in comparison to how much people traditionally have spent on books. It's, in the past, it's been more like, you know, for romance readers, $60 a month. So that's a big downscaling in the amount of spend. So do you think literature itself is just being devalued and we're then not expecting to spend that money and not willing to? Yeah, I think it's changing how much money people are willing to spend on books for themselves. And I think it's bringing people's mental price tag down on what they're willing to spend on recreational reading. And, and, that, and that causes me a little bit of concern. I do think that right now, regardless of that, because of the way that we're experiencing a recession, though, I think that this whole last half of the year, sale books are going to be really key to publisher success. I think that discounting books are going to be the way to be really successful in this back half of the year, just like at the beginning of COVID. We saw heavy discounting at the beginning of COVID, and that really helped keep our publishers successful. And I'm going to encourage that for the back half of this year as well, because I think by doing discounts, people are going to be able to do in units, make the money in units that they buy high unit counts that they made in, in less units, they'll be able to retain the same amount of dollars in total. I think uh, people are going to be more willing to spend, you know, $1.99 than they are $8.99 as this year goes on. So what piece of advice would you have for someone who is preparing to publish right now? Anything that uh, they need to be thinking about that, you know, might not be top of mind? Well, I mean, I would say now's a great time to do like a book club new release for less. I think people are really watching their discount newsletters. Um, so if you haven't experimented with something like that, now now might be a good time. Because I do think people are really watching their bargains. I would say if you're doing a uh, new release right now, try and be ahead of your marketing plan. You know, make sure you're setting up your newsletter. You know, make sure that you're messaging people ahead of time. Watch your pricing. Um, I wouldn't be going out above $9.99 on an ebook for sure. And what role do you think that metadata has to play with that? Uh, you need to have that all set before you start your marketing or what? Well, I mean, keywords are always important, right? And don't forget that your description is actually filled with keywords. So I would very much uh, recommend that you look at your description as not just your back copy, but also your salesperson. So you know, have a really good lead in sentence, you know, bold it if you can, and, and get them to walk something that entices them to read further past your lead in sentence. So you need that enticement to get them to even read your description. And that you have something at the end of your description that makes them click the buy button. You know, so think about what your clincher is that makes them say, okay, that's it. I have to read this book. Um, if you don't have something that is that cut and dry at the end of your description, then your description isn't doing its job. So, so those that beginning and end of your description is always the most important part. Um, you definitely want to have that around it. Um, so something like, you know, if you're a fan of kind of sentences can be really useful at the end. Fans of Sarah J. Moss and Cassandra Clare will devour this book. A sentence like that will say to somebody who reads those two authors, okay, I am good to go with this one. I should read this book. 
Um, if you loved Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Percy Jackson and the Olympians, this is the book for you. Like that's the kind of statement that can both from a search standpoint, make your book show up in search results, but it can also convince someone that this is the book that they need to buy. And crucially, you're not allowed to include the names of authors or books in your regular keywords. So uh, we've had clients get upset with that. Well, you know, that's what Amazon wants. They don't want your book coming up when you search for that. Uh, But this is, you know, kind of a way around that and also to build that familiarity with uh, their potential readers. It certainly is. And if it's in your description, then it's allowed Um, and and definitely connects your reader with your with your title. So you know, it's a way of speaking directly. Your description is a way of speaking directly to your customers. So take advantage of it. Thanks so much to Kelly. She's really great and so quick to help whenever we needed it. Do you feel inspired to join one of these trade groups, Jess? Absolutely. It's definitely refreshing to know that there is a lot of support in diversifying the voices in the publishing industry. Yeah, for sure. A worthwhile cause. Uh, We'll need to follow up the work that they do. Uh, So let me ask you, how do you feel about public speaking? I know statistically, it's the number one fear for most people, but you know, with some practice, it gets easy. All right. So if you're not afraid of it, and in fact, want to do more of it, our next guest can help you out with that. She founded a company that helps match speakers with different opportunities, Speakertunity. Love the name. Love it. (laughs) Really fitting, I think. Uh, Speakertunity is a new friend of BookBaby. Stay tuned till the end to catch a special offer from them. And be sure to check out all of our valued partners. Uh, The list for which you can find is on bookbaby.com. So without further ado, let's talk to Jackie Lappin. Her mission is to help authors and other speakers get in front of larger audiences faster. She has curated thousands of speakers, leads, and is able to help her clients book podcasts, radio shows, TEDx talks, and more through her company. Jackie, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm delighted to be here, Sam and Jasmine. It's really fun to be associated with all of you wonderful folks at Book Baby. All right. So let's get started from the beginning. How did you get into this work and how did you found Speakertunity? Well, I've been doing radio podcast tours for authors and leaders now about 12 years. People like Don Miguel Ruiz, Ariel Ford, James Twyman, Joe Vitale, Chris and Jan Atwood, lots of big names in the personal growth space, and then a lot of first-time authors. And um, about eight or nine years ago, some of them said to me, can you book me for speaking gigs? And I said, I don't want to do that, but I know where they are. So why don't I just tell you? And so that's when I started building um, products or resources that told them where their leads are. And so that's what we've been doing the last eight years is basically going out and doing all the research for leaders so they don't have to do it themselves. So, and that first product was really for transformational leaders. Um, and But we've expanded into everybody in all different spaces of speaking and book and authoring so that we cover just about every every topic now. All right. So if one of our listeners wanted to work with you, how would they get started? And then what could they expect from there? Well, the first thing they would do is they would go to speakertunity.com and that's combining the word speaker and opportunity. Um, And so when you go to speakertunity.com, you're going to have an opportunity to explore all of our resources. We have a membership program that brings a lot of them together, but we have a a page called our toolbox page that you can access from our homepage that says, see all of our resources. And then you can kind of explore the different kinds of opportunities that we have. And it ranges in categories. So the first are 
speaker lead directories and subscription services. So if you just want podcasts, you can get them. Or if you just want virtual summits, or if you just want live and virtual speaking events. Um, so you would be able to find directly the ones that you want. And I can talk a little bit more about some of those unique type of things that we've done. Um, but then the next thing is, let's say that you need training on how to book yourself. So we've got training programs or you need things like speaker one sheets or graphic design for a podcast sheet or a speaker handout or a roll up banner or fl book flyers. And then, um, and then we'll help you with your slides. So, and, and then the very last thing is, Hey, if you don't want to do it all on your own, we do have a resource that'll actually do the booking for you. It's our strategic partner book for you, virtual assistance. So when you go there, you're going to see a wide variety of things. Um, and we're very proud of some of our unique um, uh, programs, especially in the area of really, really defined niche speaking. So if you want to speak just regionally, we have 75 regional directories in the US and Canada. So if you just want to speak to your niche in at meetings, venues, and associations, you got women's business meetings, or you want healthcare professionals, or you want spiritual centers, or you want parenting groups, or you want real estate people. You can find, or or you know, entrepreneurs. You can find the niche that you want. And then the last thing that we've done, which is really exciting is when we've now identified conferences. We've got 5,000 conferences just to start that you can pick from to find the ones that are right for you. And we include all the live links on their um, submission forms and or contacts. So we're just putting it all in one place so it make it really easy for people. Um, that's incredible that you give all of these options and a wide range for um, leaders to find speaking engagements. How are you able to guarantee that they'll be able to book these speaking opportunities? So a couple of things. If you just subscribe to one of our subscriptions, we actually give you a little bit of instruction right in the beginning, say, you know, here's, uh, you know, what you should do. But we also have two other resources. We have a training program, one called The Art of Filling Your Speaking Calendar, and the other one called Rocket Your Radio and Podcast Bookings that basically walk you through every step. How do you write the pitch? What is your speaker one sheet should look like? You know, how do you do the follow-up phone calls? So we make it really, really simple. And then if you actually don't even want to sit through those training programs, I have something called a, the booking success system, which is basically a where, where we give you templates and samples and checklists and um, scripts so that you can just jump in and do it yourself. So we depend on how people like to learn. We've got different ways to get them up and going. We also, if you join our membership program, where we aggregate a lot of these products in one, I'm doing a monthly hot seat and coaching session. So you can come into that hot seat and coaching coaching session and say, well, I don't really understand how this is working. Why am I not getting bookings here? And I'll look at your pitch letter and I'll say, this is what you need to do because you're not really hitting the mark, or maybe you're not going out to the right groups. And so um, all along the way, we have different ways that we can tune you in. So it's most effective. So is there a guarantee that you will be able to book a speaker opportunity? Because it seems like that would still you know, be up to the person running the podcast or the TEDx talk or whatever uh, the case is. Absolutely. You know, no, there's no guarantees. And a lot of it depends on if you are really going to the right audience and whether you have the right 
presentation that's going to be or the subject matter that's going to align with that mission. I've seen a lot of people who really just will blast to everybody and it, you know, and it isn't really the right mix for them. So you, you need to be really diligent about it and you need to do the follow-up because those directories don't work if they're sitting in your file and nobody actually goes and gets them and starts pitching, which a lot of people might do, uh, we've seen. Uh, but the majority of people who actually use them get bookings. I mean, we have wonderful testimonials all over our website. Um, I happen to love one of the ones um, from two gals, Erin uh, Lomajak, who said she, she got off of our, uh, our regional directory, she got 15 bookings in just two days, came down here from Seattle to Los Angeles, and was able to generate $50,000 from the stage and fill her event, uh, get, sell out all the tickets. Another one of my colleagues, Amy Dix, we love Amy. She's got seven directories uh, already, uses them to book her clients because she says it's so much easier than having to do the research herself. And, uh, and so, you know, she wouldn't be getting value if she wasn't buying, if she wasn't buying seven directories, she wouldn't be buying getting real value. So, but we've got lots of first timers, individual leaders, experts and authors. In fact, many times our clients have been with us for five, six, or seven years. Um, we've got at any given moment we have five hundred people in our subscription services on an ongoing basis, and they wouldn't be sticking around if they weren't getting bookings. Uh, you mentioned that you started with transformational leaders. Is there is that still your specialty, or now it's more general? And then. Conversely, is there any sort of speaker that you're just not interested in dealing with? Well, if that there's only one product that really is geared specifically to them, and that's Speakertunity Speaker Lead, which gives them a smorgasbord of leads all over North America. The rest of our resources apply to all kinds of things. For example, our we have two different podcast subscriptions, one that gives you, quote, life enhancing, anything that improves one's life, and the other one gives you B2B. So that's just for the business person. And our uh, what's great about our, um, our our specialty directories is you can pick your niche. Or in the other case of uh, the conferences, we've got 60 different uh, specialties and categories so that you can go in and just find the one you want and massive amounts of ones just for the business and also personal growth, health and wellness, spirituality, parenting, you know, nonprofits. We cover the gamut there. You have a great ability to zero in on a, on exactly what's right for you. So we've really broadened our reach. Our radio podcast tours, for when we're doing them, when, which is a done for you service, and we continue to do those the, where we introduce authors to 9,000 radio shows and podcasts at the same time with a minimum guarantee of 30 invites. That program skews to what we say, anyone who improves one's life, one's business or the planet. It skews a little bit more for the transformational space. It's a lot of like work to prep and plan. I'm curious to hear what recommendations would you give to someone who books a speaking event? Um, how can they make the most out of their talk? Well, the first thing, if they're going to get booked, my recommendation is that you get a speaker one sheet, which will basically define for the person you are submitting yourself to why you're a superstar. And it speaks to the problem you solve in the world or what's unique and special about you. And then on the back side should be two or three different presentations that you do so that they have choice. Um, and so that's the first tool that you need to actually start getting yourself booked. Now, once you do get booked and you've gotten the host to say yes, then you need to really look at 
What kind of speaking opportunity are they giving you? Are they giving you an opportunity to just speak about your book and 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 that's it? Do you have an opportunity to sell from the stage? Can you say to people, you know, my book is, you can get my book at the back of the room. If not, are you sending them to Amazon? You know, you have to understand. And if, and if the book is a gateway to something bigger, are you using the book as an entry and then making an offer at the end of that to a bigger program? So you need to establish what the ground rules are with that speaking engagement. You also want to get a really a, a fix on if you are going to sell for from the back of the room. What are the system? How do you do that? Um, can you have somebody else there taking the money? Uh, are you going to have to have people fill out a form? You know, th- you have to think about those kinds of things. And from the standpoint of your presentation, obviously you need to be confident on stage, but you also need to tell the 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 uh, booker. You know, you find out if you're going to have to. You know, what kind of microphones you're going to be? Whether you can do slides, whether you can do handouts. Those are all kinds of questions that you need to establish when you're actually booking yourself, so that when you walk into the room. There are no questions anymore. You know exactly what's going to happen and well, allowing for, you know, all kinds of things that can happen, like the power goes out uh, or the computer uh, slide presentation doesn't work. You know, those things you can. And, and, and by the way, here's a really good one thing. If you are speaking from slides, always show up with a copy of those slides and you're uh, uh, printed out in your hand. So if something happens, then you can actually refer to those slides if you need them, if you're not confident in your ability. And and you need you need to be able to say to the host, you know, is this a two-way? Are we going to do an interview format? Am I going to have a podium? Um, do I not want a podium? So make sure the host knows what you're comfortable with as well. And, and if it's a multi-speaker event, you need to know when you're going on. And, and how to be, you know, ready for it when they, when they open it up and say, come on in. So those are just some adjustments. Does that help give you an idea what, how a speaker can get rolling? Oh yeah. I already feel prepped right now. So (laughs) this is amazing. This is perfect. Thank you. Might follow that advice for printing out slides for my next work presentation (laughs) as well. And I think important to mention that uh, you said that have your books ready, you know, get your order in with book baby for more books. If you need them, uh, you know, make, make sure that you have them on hand. We have people every once in a while who come to us and say, Hey, I need a hundred books for my, my event this weekend. And we're, Whoa, <laughs> should have told us that a little bit earlier and then we could help you. Uh, so I think that's definitely important, especially as we go into the busy season, both here at book baby and just more generally in the, uh, the printing world, you want to be prepared for the possibility that, you know, Maybe those books are going to be delayed. Something happens. So get that order in as early as possible. That is one of the most important points that I usually make when I'm speaking is, you know, I find too many times I'm people that get short, you know, they just don't have the number of books that they need. You need to have a store of them at home and don't just order for a particular event. So even somebody may call you at the last minute, exactly like you said, and say, I have a spot tomorrow. Can you get over here? So always have a big store there, and then you can order the additional ones and replenish when you um, need extras. And we will never argue with that. (laughs) Reorder your book, everybody. Uh, So I was looking through uh, your speaker tips uh, from A to Z series, and one of the, uh, the points on there was for S, social media. 
Uh, and I, I think it can be a really frustrating for some of our authors who are new to the game because they keep having more platforms added into their life. Uh, so I'm curious if there was just one, if, if the author only wanted to do one, if, if there was one that you would recommend above the others. Well, you know, it really depends on the author because, you know, if you're in the business space, then LinkedIn is where you need to be. If you're in the personal growth space or, you know, or memoirs, you're looking at Facebook or Instagram. Those are really the the places to go. I know that a lot of people are getting excited about TikTok, but that's a skill that really requires a little bit of knowledge of how to really make adva- take advantage of it. You just don't just stick up a video and hope. So um, th- that one has a bit of a learning curve. So I would say stick with the uh, two other, the three other tried and true until you really have a handle on your social media and then you can expand. So that was Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram? Instagram. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, Conscious Media Relations, your other company? Uh, what do yeah. you do there? So that's the radio podcast tour. So Speakertunity provides you all the leads. And in Conscious Media Relations, we just do radio podcast tours. That's the only area that we specialize in. But we've been having a a ball with them over the years um, because it's so fun to take an author, particularly when they're launching a book or sometimes relaunching a book, because it doesn't have to be like right now. The, The hosts don't care when the book actually came out, as long as you're giving their audience either great entertainment or valuable information. So we'll jump in and uh, I read the book, write a really compelling pitch letter, and uh, then send it to the 9,000 radio shows and podcasts. Now that includes 3,500 morning drive and general talk shows, and then 4,500 that are particularly interested in some aspect of improving people's their people's lives. And, and then on top of that, we have specialty lists. So parenting or business or LGBT or whatever the sub, the subject matter or the alignment African-American of the author is, then we add in those lists and send with the launch too. And then, as I said, we guarantee a minimum of 30 interviews or um, interview invitations. And um, a lot of times we, we exceed that. And so our goal is basically to give you the greatest visibility with one punch. And we have three different levels of the program, depending on how much work the author wants to do and how much, whether they want us to do it all. But, um, you know, we, we uh, drop the price, but if the author takes on more of the responsibility, but it's been a great ride all these years, we do about 40 of them a year. And they have been um, just a, we're a one of a kind service. Nobody does what we do. Yes, you could hire a PR agency and go after each individual, you know, but we like to cast a wide net. And those people who are interested, the the hosts will basically self-select. This interests me. I want this author. Um, And then I have a full-time radio media tour manager who basically makes the process seamless. And she's amazing. People love her. So um, so that's where we we really um, have shown for many years. And Speakertunity was the outgrowth of that. So we're real veterans in that space. 30 interviews sounds like a lot. Uh, I'm just curious about like how long of a time span is that? Actually, they stretch out almost five months. So it never overwhelms somebody. And what's good about it is the author is actually deciding when date, what dates and times. So if a time that is offered to them doesn't work, they counter propose an alternate time. Mm 
and day. And there's always a way to find uh, combinations. And we've worked with people in places like Lebanon and and Australia and England. And so we're often working with strange and odd time time change. Right now, we're working with somebody in Moscow. So, um, you know, the biggest challenge is if you are in uh, not in the continental U.S. or Canada, then you're going to be getting up at some odd hours. Well, Jackie, it's so uh, amazing to hear about all the things that you do for people who are trying to get their work out there and speak. You mentioned it right before we recorded. Um, you had an offer for our listeners. Can you tell them what it is? Yeah, I've got a couple of really exciting things. So the first thing is I want to give you one month free in each of five Speakertunity products. Speakertunity Speaker Leads, the one that's really for the transformational. Speakertunity Radio Insider, which gives you radio shows, podcasts, and videocasts, 40 of them a month. Speakertunity Radio Insider for Business, which also gives you 40 podcasts a month. And then Speakertunity Summits, which gives you virtual summits that are looking for guest presenters. And Speakertunity Conference Connections, which give you 5,000 conferences to choose from. So this offer will give you a chance to go in and try all of them for a month free. And you can go there by going to um, getbooked.biz forward slash trials hyphen book baby. So that's getbooked.biz forward slash trials hyphen book baby. Now, in addition to that, now, if you're going to go get yourself speak, uh, on speaking uh, platforms, you have got to entice the booker with a great title of your talk. Now, if you've ever struggled with putting the essence of your talk into something co- compact and impactful, I've got a really cool tool for you. It's my ebook, 20 Snappy Irresistible Speaker Presentation Title Ideas. And this gives you 20 different formulas that you can just plug in just, and I've given you samples, three three or four samples of every one of these formulas so that you, it, you can begin to see how it's going to apply for you and you can test them and figure out the ones that are best that suit what the message is that you're giving. So you can get that by going to getbook.biz forward slash titles hyphen book baby. And that's again, getbook.biz forward slash titles, hyphen book baby. So have fun with those. Hopefully that'll give you a leg up and an opportunity to see whether you there are, are stages out there for you and how you can get on them. I think I'm going to check out Jackie's ebook for sure. You should. Seems like a lot of her advice would be applicable in other places than just speaking gigs. Particularly like thinking ahead about your presentation, that part where she's describing how to prepare. I never thought of the different dynamics about like having a podium or not and how that would um, make a difference in the field of lecture. What did you like about her advice? Yeah, I like choosing the three social media platforms instead of tiring yourself out. You know, as much fun as we're having with TikTok, seems good to really you know choose the ones that are going to have the most impact. Uh, but anyway, it really sounds like we're going to be working with her a lot more in the future. Perhaps like in a future book baby conference? I'm not sure. You'll have to ask Jim about it next month when he joins the podcast. Okay, that's news. Yeah, do we have one of those sound effects for breaking news, Chad? All right, Book Baby President Jim Foley will be joining us next month to talk about some of the exciting new products and services we have rolling out heading into the fourth quarter of 2022. Sounds awesome. Do you have any book recs for our listeners before we head out? 
been binging some memoirs lately. You Gotta Be Stronger by Gabrielle Union details her struggles with IVF, miscarriages, her marriage to Dwayne Wade, and the birth of her daughter, Kaveo. Interesting. Been going a little bit older reading Mainstream by Sinclair Lewis, uh, but I was also enjoying the story of Lee Close featured on Bookshop Reads last week. It's the true story of how the book baby author found out her biological father was Jerry Buss, owner of the LA Lakers. Truth is always stranger than fiction. Well, I think we got through everything. Thanks this week. Go out to our guests, Kelly Peterson and Jackie Lappin. Be sure to check out that deal with Speaker Tunity. We'll certainly include that in our show notes. And thanks to our producer, Chad, and to you, Jasmine. Thanks for chatting today. Yeah, pleasure to be here, Sam, always. And if you're interested in publishing with Book Baby, we want to hear from you. Email us, info at bookbaby.com, or give us a call at 877-961-6878. Please be sure to rate, like, follow, subscribe, and share this episode on whatever podcast platform you're using. And until next time, this has been the Book Baby Spotlight.